Hello, and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin and the internet at large at sterlingvermin.com. And my name's Dane. I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. I'm online at Danger. Dane in Danger. Dane in Danger. There you go. That's the one. That is the one. What are we going to make of this episode? We'll figure it out in the next 10 minutes. Now, Benjamin, we we tried we tried making this episode before. We have, yeah, we had all the raw materials. We did, but um, we just didn't. Oh, we just couldn't fabricate an episode. We needed a little bit of magic, a little touch of magic. Luckily, we found it, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. Fabricate is a pretty pretty mundane spell at first glance, like yeah. a lot of spells we do. I, mean, I think you can look at the spell and see the potential in it, especially because there's some examples in the, in the spell itself about like a wooden bridge or something. And so I think it's easy to picture how it could be useful. Right. Any person I asked, what, what ideas do you have from the spell? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, it seems like it would be really great though. It seems like yeah. you could do a lot of really crazy stuff with it, but nobody came up with anything <laughs> yeah, specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because also I've just in talking about this spell with other people, one thing that I hear is a lot of disagreement about exactly what raw materials means mm-hmm. and exactly how much you can process something. To, so I, I also think this is a spell that it, to me, it doesn't look like there'd be a lot of DM interpretation involved in this spell. But if depending upon if you if your DM argues with you about what qualifies as a raw material, then, you know. This, it may be dependent on, on your table's interpretation. Well, let me run down what the spell means. Fabricate is a fourth level transmutation spell available to artificers and wizards. It takes 10 minutes to cast, has a range of 120 feet, and a duration of instantaneous. The spell text says, You convert raw materials into products of the same material. For example, you can fabricate a wooden bridge from a clump of trees, a rope from a patch of hemp, and clothes from flax or wool. Choose raw materials that you can see within range. You can fabricate a large or smaller object contained within a 10-foot cube or eight connected 5-foot cubes, given a sufficient quality of raw material. If you're working with metal, stone, or another material substance, however, the fabricated object can be no larger than medium, contained within a single 5-foot cube. The quality of the object made by the spell is commensurate with the quality of the raw materials. Creatures or magic items can't be created or transmuted by this spell. You also can't use it to create items that ordinarily require a higher degree of craftsmanship, such as jewelry, weapons, glass, or armor, unless you have proficiency with the type of artisan's tools used to craft such objects. There it is. There you have it. So, you know, it just... Make stuff. You make stuff. You make stuff. A real maker's space. What? That's a that's a thing. A maker space? Okay. Cool. It's like um it's like a workshop like a public workshop where you go in and there's a bunch of tools and things and people can just make what they want. There's yeah. like drill presses and laser cutters and stuff. It's cool. It's fun. So I mean I think the expected use of this spell is I mean it's a little bit of a wild card. 
you know, you can use it to do a lot of different things and in a very specific kind of circumstance. Mm-hmm. Build a build a bridge using a bunch of trees. Or build a shitty bridge with a bunch of shitty trees because of the quality of the materials reflects the quality of sure. the outcome. Right. I only have gravel, so this this castle is bad. It's a bad castle because yeah. it's made from gravel. So apart from using it as that wild card to to get out of a situation or to produce an item that you need at a moment's notice. I th- I think probably this is one of the very few spells where when you look at it the the most immediate unexpected use that comes to my mind is kind of maybe seems like it's also the expected use mm. which is that you break the economy of the world. A lot of people talk about ma- just making money. You, you right. make a bunch of finished lumber and you sell it and you just do a mundane task like that. But if you extrapolate that to its furthest extent, right, you break the economy. Yeah, I mean, you're capable in 10 minutes of producing labor that could take days or weeks um, and, and could require many people mm-hmm. to, to normally accomplish um, or, or require just very expensive tools, mm-hmm. maybe even tools that usually break when you make stuff. I mean, like alchemist supplies probably involves some amount of material that gets consumed when you are doing your alchemy. Uh, but when you cast fabricate to do that kind of thing, no mess. Yeah. There's no mess. No fuss, no mess. No, no muss, no fuss. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. But it's when we push on that unexpected outcome, that breaking the economy and we really think through because we're not talking about one person doing this. Right? A society, a we're, world. Yeah, we're talking about a world where there's some percentage of the population that can do this on a daily basis or even more, more frequently than that. So that's where I think we get to some really mind-blowing implications. Before we get into that, mm. one random unexpected outcome of researching the spell was that I learned that... If you cast a spell with a casting time longer than an action, it requires your concentration for the duration of the casting time. Mm-hmm. So even if the spell itself does not require concentration, casting it does if it's casting time is longer than one action. Would you consider casting a ritual spell yeah. you having to concentrate on it for 10 minutes? Yeah, I think so. So within that 10 minutes, if your concentration is broken, you don't cast the spell. Yes, it does specifically say the rule does specifically say that you keep the spell slot in oh, that situation if you're if it's broken while you're casting the spell. But the more important thing is that it means that you can't ritual cast a spell if you're concentrating on another spell. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this impacts any of the spells that we've talked about so far, or some of the ideas about how the spells might get used that we've talked about so far. But it was interesting, and I'm also very rarely surprised by a D and D rule and. Here we are. I was very surprised. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to the spell itself. Uh, One of the limitations of the spell is that it can only produce a single item. Right. But if you were to skirt around that restriction in in some ways, in this case, making one item that you could make many different items from, you don't have to to worry about it. Uh, In the notes you specifically cite where in board games there are plastic pieces that are held together 
in a frame mm -hmm. that you can pop out. So if you wanted to make a whole bunch of swords out of one sheet, right? You could fabricate that one sheet where it's one item. It's one item. All all the swords are connected to one one sheet. Yeah, it's just there's only like a single molecule of steel connecting some pieces of it to other pieces, and, and then, then pop pop pop. You yeah. and a bunch of friends. Now you got a bunch of swords. Yeah. If you know how to use those smithing tools. Right. Right. Luckily, there are colleges for that. I don't know if there are smithing colleges. <laughs> you could get an apprenticeship. I was speaking more to the uh, commercial episode. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In that sense, yes, there is a college. There's a college for that. They, they train all the tools proficiencies. Mostly all that does is just expedite the way you break the economy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, plate mail is super expensive to, to sell. Um, and if you could only produce one of that, it would still be really good. But now you can actually produce more than that. A whole sheet of it. Yeah. So you have the Costco of, of armor. Right. Right. And so it just mostly makes what the spell already does to the economy happen faster. Um, and to your personal wealth, I guess. But where this starts to really push against the world and again, and really have a, an outsized influence, just the existence of the spell is that it is in big projects. Like ships, like ships. Yeah. So I, I mean, I hate, I, I always hate to say this, uh, but I Googled it and you got it. Sometimes you got, you got to Google it. So I Googled it and it takes about 24,000 hours to create a ship, which averages out to about six months of labor with a whole, you know, team of people building it with this spell. You can cast, I mean, I, I'm depending upon the size of the ship you want to build. It's going to take an extra number of castings, but it probably takes like maybe 10, 12 castings of the spell. If you want a pretty darn big ship mm -hmm. and that, is going to take you like maybe as much as two weeks. Sure. But we're going from six months, 24,000 hours, a ton of manual labors, uh, to a couple, like a week to two weeks with one person. I can kind of imagine it being like a 3d printing where they're just like layer by layer. Yeah. Layering well, that's, the ship that's exactly, up. yeah. I mean, that's kind of exactly what this is going to look like. <laughs> you build like the bottom first and yeah. then you start fabricating on top of the lower pieces until it's all connected. Yeah. And then you've got this ship. If you had enough wizards that could do this, then it means that you could build a ship in 10 minutes. Right. Like if you, if you could hire 10 wizards, you've got a warship, in 10 minutes, a brand new warship in 10, in 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Um, where are you going to get the people to, to man that thing? Yeah, so, though? Oh boy. Yeah. So manning, it's a whole different thing, <laughs> but that's just an example, you know, any, everything from like building castles, um, weapons of war. What else can you build? What else can you build? What, I'm going to say roads, but, Fabricate some roads. roads. Fabricate some roads. But actually, it's not that good at building roads just because of the length of a road or mm -hmm. whatever. That might be something that doesn't get too impacted, except for that we've already talked about how roads are roads, basically useless. <laughs> not really anyway. this world's bag. Um, I will say one thing that was funny to me that, that occurred to me is that you basically can't strand a wizard on a desert island. 
if they can they've got the spell. Yeah, because it's just make as a glass long, boat. Yeah, as long as there are palm trees, it's just like all right. Well, here's my boat. I'm I'm out of here. Bye. Good thing I'm trained in how to sail. You gotta be trained in how to sail. Gotta be trained how to sail. I mean, if you're a wizard, you're smart enough. You can figure it out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I depends on what ability check you were asked to make. Probably every wizard has to watch Castaway in this world. I don't think that's true. That seems Wilson. That does, however, bring me to another point, which is that casters who know the spell fabricate are highly incentivized to master as many tool proficiencies as possible. Because like the spell says, if it's something particularly intricate, uh, you might have to have a tool proficiency to be able to produce it. And so um, once you learn the spell, the limit to how much money you can make is really the num- the variety of things you can create with it. So like carpentry would probably would be an easy one because you can build homes and ships with carpentry carving tools in general yeah well there's there's there i think in 5e there's carving tools which is just like basically making arrows okay and then there's carpentry oh which is like i'll take carpentry i guess um now how uh joints wood joints go together um so you're saying that wizards colleges would be half academic spell books and half technical colleges. Well, not that much because it's really because wizards really only need to learn all these tool proficiencies if they have this spell. So it's the kind of thing where if a wizard wants to be a fabricate specialist, then yes, they absolutely need to train in as many and I'm sure there would be places to institutions yet yeah, to do that. VCR repair. Right. I mean, there could just be retired people from that profession who are like adjunct professors at the wizard <laughs> college who just come in to teach their thing. To you like, need to know how to brew. I'll yeah, show you how yeah. to brew. Yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of brew, I mean, one, one question that the spell brings up is like, can I make an aged wine mm. with this spell or is it a fresh wine? Was it a fresh? Uh, yeah. Is it yeah. always like, I mean, I don't know. And, and, and I think it would be obvious to say, well, it has to be a brand new bottle of wine, except for that you don't get wine without time mm-hmm. anyway. It's true. Like you're already part of fabricating a bottle of wine would be skipping a bunch of time. So what's the difference between saying I want to fabricate a bottle of wine versus I want to fabricate a hundred year old bottle of wine? Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's tough to I, say. Yeah, I don't know why That's... it wouldn't be allowed, but it also feels like it shouldn't a be allowed. gimmicky. <laughs> and, uh... But also, like, within the context of the game, I don't know if that'll ever matter. Mm-hmm. Certainly won't matter if you can make really old wines. Except for that, if wine really tastes... I don't care about wine and don't know. But, like, I guess you could make some arbitrarily ancient wine if that was, like... I want a million-year-old bottle of wine. I'm going to fabricate a million-year-old bottle I think bottle that's of just wine. vinegar at... at... <laughs> That's what vin- that's what vinegar is. Vinegar that's gonna like knock you out, <laughs> just knock you on yeah. your ass. Like you're gonna smell it, and it's your your brain is riddled You've with made alcohol. Biological warfare yeah. at that point. Hello, friends. Dane here, saying thank you for listening and sharing our show. 
telling other people about Dispel Magic is the best way for us to grow, along with you rating and reviewing our show on whatever podcast app you use. We've also revamped our Patreon. Benjamin is writing monthly spells, there's a behind-the-screen show where we talk about our home games, along with other little extras we'll be sprinkling in here or there. So, if you like the show, please tell a friend, rate and review, and check out our Patreon. Thanks again for listening, and happy spelling. But there are a lot of other fun things. Um, I looked up the process of making gunpowder. Usually takes a few weeks. Obviously, Fabricate eliminates that. It's also funny that if you have cook's utensils, you can make a thousand cubic feet of cake with this spell, uh, assuming you have the, the Delicious. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess since you're fabricating it, like you can even have it be in a shape that you could never do. Yeah. If you were baking. Well, you, know? you could do that in with most things that you're fabricating, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Doesn't uh, have to just be cake, but it would be most fun. Yeah, one of, one of my friends I, I talked to about this suggested that fabricate could be its own art form at this yeah. point where the the sculptures you make are part of some sort of performance art and you're fabricating these fantastic things in front of a crowd. Um, yeah, so that kind of made me think because the one last thought I had was that if you have druid friends, they could shape sh- they could use wild shape to turn into some kind of silk producing insect. Oh, interesting. And so you could that producing um, like clothing really could be like a public performance art mm-hmm. now instead of instead of you know what it normally is where you're producing kind of behind the scenes and then showing it off at a the a finished product. Show. Yeah, it would just be like your druid friends are all like silkworms spinning out silk, and you've got your model there, and you are kind of. Making it on yeah, the, like, there could on be, the like, body. Yeah, there could, I mean, I know there already are fashion shows like this, but it could be more like Top Chef where like you're watching them like kind of design something and then cast <laughs> it to in 10 minutes to produce it on the So person. tailored made that they have to be cut out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> That's great. Really pieces of art because they're like destroyed after. Yeah. Ephemeral. Yeah. After you're done with it. I like the idea of having to, of producing like clothing that you have to be cut out of. So you're only ever going to be able to wear it once. <laughs> yeah. It feels like the kind of thing that like nobles would really go for. It's one of a kind. Yeah. Don't even talk to me about where I got it. Mm. It's fabricated. It's fabricated. <laughs> and and then the fabricators who do a great job become famous for Rock their star d- fabricators. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just wanted to get in there before you start talking about druids. Well, if the druids are in on it. Here's a really weird one. Similar to that hundred year old bottle of wine thought experiment. Spell books are not magical. They have, they have magical spells in them. Right. But. But they're not magical. And so you should be able to produce a spell book using fabricate. Now, this is really weird because it, there's a whole bunch. I mean, that's like an extreme example, but also like you could produce a book. With type in it. Yeah, with type in it using Fabricate. Like you could write a whole novel in 10 minutes, I guess. Suddenly you have publishers. Because. In game. Yeah, I mean, they can really only produce one full book a day. But I guess regardless, that's a ton more than like in antiquity they would be able to produce prior to a book uh, printing press. It's true. This would lead 
or could lead to a rise in novels even prior to the printing press being a thing. Tabloids. You could reproduce your tabloids. Right. Yeah. I think that would be a bit wasteful. <laughs> like there like maybe like a monthly periodical perhaps. Sure. But um a daily thing would not No. You even, need a even whole a team of fabricators. Yeah, yeah, and that and this is a fourth level spell. So that's like you're retaining a lot of very high level, well, relatively high level wizards to produce something very that's little, pretty frivolous. <laughs> Although I guess you could go back to that trick we talked about, where you're you just produce one massive sheet that lies oh, on itself sure. and then cut it out to produce. So in that sense, actually, it is like a printing press because you don't have to produce just one book. You can produce one long sheet. a ton of books in a like in a sheet barely connected to each other. That you just have to like kind of snap the covers up, off from each other. <laughs> so okay, yeah, this is a this is the a printing press spell in addition to everything else that it is. Dang, you brought up concentration before, but it hasn't really come up since then. Why did you bring up concentration before? <laughs> Why did you say that? Why did you say that thing? Um, thank you, Curious Dane. So the reason that I actually discovered that was that I was looking up the Wizard School of Transmutation, which lets you convert one material to another, but it requires your concentration while you do that. The reason that I was looking at the School of Transmutation in regards to that is that because the spell says that you can produce a large or smaller object unless you're using metal, stone, or mineral mineral substance, in which case it has to be a medium or smaller object. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. With the school of transmutation, transmuting the materials only lasts for a certain amount of time. Like, it's not permanent. Oh. So what you can do is take a bunch of stone, transmute it to wood, have someone else, and this is where you need then a second person. You because a tag you can't, team yeah. transmuter. So I'm the transmuter. I transmute a ton of stone into wood. You cast fabricate to turn all that wood into a house. And then I drop my transmutation and now that house is made of stone. Interesting. But it can be a large house now because it was wood when you cast fabricate. Mm -hmm. Get a reduce and enlarge in there and baby. That is a really good, I don't know. I mean, we have to like really dig (laughs) in to see. The layers. I have to really dig in to see. I don't know actually if there is a way to, 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 weasel in in large reduce yeah. into this it would be great if I, if we could but i don't know okay that's um, for a follow-up that's episode. for a follow-up but um but regardless i was hoping that if you were a school of transmutation wizard you could do this by yourself but this concentration rule means that you precludes can't. that yeah. yeah so you are going to need to have two wizards um one a transmuter and one just somebody who has fabricate anyway the whole the whole point I'm bringing up is just I doubt that this is the only other feature in the game that you can use to to jank fabricate, but it was the one that first came to my mind, and I thought it was a pretty interesting one. And one. as I mentioned, I learned a new rule about spells in, in the meantime. Benjamin, I feel like we're dancing around a pretty big big topic for fabricate. I feel like there's there's one single thing that fabricate can do that we're ramping up towards. It's easy to look at that. Uh, what I talked about earlier with the ship and say, 
well, that's a lot of hours that aren't worked. That's a lot of people that you don't need to hire. Because here's the thing. Fabricate doesn't just cut out the people who build the ship. It also cuts out the people who would cut down the trees, who would process the wood, all that stuff. That's a lot of jobs that just don't have to happen anymore. They're gone. Yeah. That's, you know. Pretty world-breaking. Probably <laughs> hundreds of jobs. And the thing is, is that Fabricate isn't going to replace... Um, like making shoes or making like easily, easily expended items or cheap items, but any large scale infrastructure type of thing is mm -hmm. probably going to be handled by a fabricator, by fabricate because it's cheaper, faster, easier, safer. Yeah. Safer because there's not gonna be any on the job injuries. Right. That got me thinking about how many jobs would be lost you know, if all of a sudden all infrastructure and major construction work was handled by Fabricate, one person, mm -hmm. instead of by hundreds. By the whole team. By whole team. I thought it's probably going to be pretty difficult to figure out what medieval people did with their time, you know? So you did a Google. Jobs. I did a Google. But before... I, even, I mean, there, so I was not going to find the information about Fabricate. You know, I wasn't going right. to find... How many people were dedicated shipbuilders in medieval times? That was not a very... But it, what it made me think of is another spell we talked about that had the potential to eliminate a lot of jobs, and that's plant growth. There's a weird synergy that's going to happen between plant growth and fabricate, and I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you why. Generally, we don't drill down on how two specific spells really interact, but... <laughs> In this case, it's too big to miss. Yeah, in this case, what Fabricate does is severely compounded by what plant growth is already doing. So in the plant growth episode, you know, the big world-changing thing we talked about was that it causes land to produce twice as much um, food food as, as, as normal, which is a great effect, not probably something that most D&D campaigns care about, right? But the people in the world would certainly care about it. Mm -hmm. They're going to make a import. They're going to make it a, a major undertaking to ensure that all their farmable land has plant growth cast on it, so that so that they are producing twice as much. When that happens, that means only half the land needs to be farmed instead of that full amount to take care of the population. I looked it up, and about eighty to ninety percent of medieval populations worked in agriculture. So we're talking about somewhere between 40 and 45% of the population no longer has a job after, a lot of people. after plant growth becomes a thing. Just sitting around. A lot of people sitting around. Maybe they want to get into a trade to make money to support their family or to live, but Fabricate then eliminates the All those vast jobs. majority of those jobs. There's not any big infrastructure jobs. There's not any big construction jobs. Unless you get into something like making jewelry, and even then you might be competing against fabricators, you've got nothing to do. Just twiddle your thumbs or study magic. Study magic. So this is, I, I want to just reiterate, this isn't like a few thousand people, a few tens of thousands of people. This is Almost half of the population of the setting doesn't have a job anymore. Doesn't Probably have anything Probably over to do. half, right? Like 40 to 50%. I, I think it'd be fair to say somewhere in that yeah. range. So, 
Yeah, 60. Yeah. Well, not up to 60, hmm. probably. But I mean, it again, it's it's really difficult to know because there are probably other spell combinations that we're not thinking of that would push that up even more. But, it, you know, just taking this very basic plant growth, fabricate, considering those two spells alone, we've eliminated so many jobs that the only, like, reasonable field to go into then is magic. Because that's eliminating all other jobs. Pursuit of the mind. Or spirit or song or whatever else. Other way you want to get into magic. But yeah, I mean, there's no jobs anywhere else. You know, the people who can cast plant growth have jobs. The people who can cast fabricate have jobs. And the people who are running tensors floating trains. The people who are teleporting, circling, teleport circling nobles across the world. Mm -hmm. All of them have have work, but it's incredibly hard for non-spellcasters to find work. So the only thing left is to try to become a spellcaster, which, of course expedites this massive societal change that's already begun by the existence of these spells and by the casting of these spells. So then all of a sudden you have so many people with fabricate that actually there's nobody left to do anything apart from by fabricating it. Mm -hmm. Cause you just have so many wizards at that point. It's almost like um, learning the tools becomes uh, perfunctory. Like people don't actually know how to, to do the thing with the tool. Like yeah. if you were like, here are the tools, build the ship. Nobody would know how to do it. They know how to use the tools. Yeah. That is the really funny thing is that the, the spell specifies that you need to know the tool proficiency, but as long as you know the tool proficiency, even if you've never done that thing, you can still yeah. produce an item as long as it could be built using those tools. A really interesting disconnect between the practical application yeah. of what you're doing and the necessity to do the thing you're doing. I mean, I would imagine there's even probably, you know, in this world, there'd be big demand to create a spell that just gives you temporary proficiency with a tool. Oh, sure. You know, I don't need proficiency with the tool for the rest of my life. I need it for the next 10 minutes so I can yeah. fabricate X, Y, Z. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, everybody's uh, desperate calls for, you know, if you use that calculator, you'll never actually yeah. know how to do the math because yeah. the calculator's doing all the work for you. Fabricate is the calculator. Yeah. Whoa. It's like the 90s <laughs> with calculators, but like the, 90s the spell fabricate is the calculator and... What's the 90s? The boomers are right about <laughs> the calculator, which in this analogy is the spell fabricate. We got there. We got there. There is, in the real world, uh, a concept that technologists talk about, which is the singularity. We all get downloaded into a computer. That's not right. I'm just going to call it like I see it. Spade is spade. That's not right. No? No. Okay. This is Quantum Leap all over again, and I won't be having it. Honestly, it's the singularity because I've done this joke before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's a bummer. In the real world, there's a concept that technologists talk about called the singularity. You ever heard of that, Dane? Sounds familiar, but I might not have a clear picture of what that mm, is exactly. Mm, mm, mm. Why don't you tell me about but, it? Yeah, so, so if we look at the arc of human history and sort of technological progress, um, it looks like a kind of gradual slope for a long period of time, and then it starts to look... Um, a little bit like a, well, a lot more angled 
uh, and it, the incline grows a lot, it starts to become exponential or reveals itself as exponential until eventually that line of technological progress is vertical. It's just mm-hmm. we're progressing super fast. So the idea of singularity in this in this uh, context is when we are capable of producing technology faster than we are capable of adopting it. Like as soon as we have something, as soon as we have a piece of technology, we've already discovered a superior piece of technology. That's, Can't keep up. That's the singularity. I imagine that once you start getting to this point where half of your population is studying magic, you start getting dangerously close to a magic singularity where people are exploring the like innovative applications of spells are creating new spells are doing everything they can to well to to survive cuz now there's so many spellcasters out there you've got to like do something different than them to make money and so the only way to do that is to just keep creating and finding new you think Kurtzwell played Dungeons and Dragons? Probably not. I think it eventually money wouldn't be necessary. Like, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, and actually, because once you hit that percentage of spellcasters, you probably have enough people who can just cast create food and water. I mean, you're right, actually. Yeah. At some point in this whole process, jobs cease to become a thing because nobody has to work if they don't want to. There's plenty of spells that just sustain life. And then... And in the magical singularity, you don't even need to learn the things anymore because spells would put that knowledge into your head automatically. It's so transformative that I can't picture even what it looks like. This is because it's a post-scarcity. It ultimately leads to a post-scarcity setting where there's no reason to go do anything because it can just be done by spell. I can't think of it either. Thanks for joining us for this episode (laughs) of Dispel Magic. It it is really hard to wrap your head around something this abstract. You've you've said it before, any D&D setting now is completely ruined for you, right? Because... I shouldn't say... I wouldn't say ruined, although I think I did say that beforehand. It's more like, given the existence of the spells in D&D, none of the settings that they're publishing are really coherent because of this because of this yeah because of spells and like any growth, things that we like can't fabricate. think of yeah and because of a ton of stuff we haven't talked about yet that we might still or that we will never think of so you you almost have to handicap yourself to have fun like you have to limit yourself i in... don't think so no that's not what i'm driving at i said this to you in a separate conversation but Arthur Clarke has a quote that says, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. That, I think, is the quote most relevant to what this spell is revealing. D&D settings should look like incredibly advanced, like technologically advanced places. Mm -hmm. Because there is literal magic and it is superior to our modern technology in almost all ways. I'd like to see a setting like that, but I don't know if it exists yet. We can only dream. Well, all of, all of this is true, 
And that kind of leads us into our next episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Next episode, we're going to be talking about something new for the show, which is a class. We're going to be talking about wizards. Ooh. All this uh, thinking about the singularity, how many people would be pushed into learning magic, got me thinking about what implications the wizard class itself has on D&D campaigns. And I think there's a lot there to think about and to talk about. And so I'm excited to do that next episode. All new territory next time on Dispel Magic. If you have any thoughts on today's episode that you'd like to let us know about, please tweet us at Dispel Magic Pod. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter at Dispel Magic Pod. You can find Benjamin at Sterling Vermin and Dane at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw. Thank you.